This morning we're going to be in Psalm 119, 9 through 16, so if you want to, you can go ahead and turn with me there. Thank you, Ben, for leading us. Those songs, man, those are top-notch, like some of my favorite songs. Uh, uh, Jesus is better, like, I just want to scream it, and you guys don't want that from me, so I just want to say, I'm sorry if you did hear me screaming, I pulled it back down. There's a little voice crack here and there, but... uh, it takes me back to our car ride last night we were riding home and we were just girls trying to get me to hit any note like in songs and stuff and it was bad so it wasn't that bad this morning but we're gonna be in Psalm 119 9 through 16 and the passage today is another one of my favorite passages from Psalms um I'm going to turn off the monitors give me a second I'm getting some reverb or some feedback from it. Check, check. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Make sure you turn it back on when you need it. So, <laughs> this passage is um, one that I memorized years ago, and it was a passage that took heart. In, I mean, took hold of my heart when I was like in college and when I finally started walking with the Lord really when I discovered some things about him that made me realize the things maybe I was taught growing up or at least my perception and how I received those things was wrong and uh, I hope today that as you guys dive in with me that you might be refreshed be encouraged because as a believer when I was in high school and in middle school and getting into college it felt like I failed all the time. Like, I could never live up to this standard of what God had set before me. And it was just this, I'm trying and I'm a failure. I'm trying and I'm a failure. I'm trying and I'm a failure just over and over and over again. I feel like we oftentimes play this out in our lives like we... I'm going to do this for the Lord this week, and then it's like, I failed. And then it's like, I'm going to do it again next week. All right, I failed. Well, the reality is we're going to fail. But I think oftentimes we fail because we're relying on the wrong things. And this passage is really going to be, I think, eye-opening to us of where we should be reliant. And how do we live a holy life? How do we live a pure life is what this passage is really concentrating on. How do we avoid sin in our lives? If we want to be a Christian that's pursuing after Jesus, how do we do that? And this passage is going to give us the direction. So if you will, let's read Psalm 119, 9 through 16 together. Let me pray for us before we read it, and then we'll dive in. God, I thank you for your word. I ask that you use it to open our eyes to your truth. Lord, that we would, knowing that we struggle and we fight and we try our best and we feel like we're just unsuccessful all the time doing the things that you've called us to. uh, Lord, I ask that you give us freedom today from that. Lord, that we would see the truth in your passage and see from David what it looks like to pursue after you. To live a holy life and how we can do it how we can be successful in the pursuit of holiness. God, I ask that you would move today, Lord, through the reading of your word, not through me, not through the things I say, not even what I might want to say, but Lord, that you would speak only, that you would speak to hearts, and Lord, that you would move us to be more like Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight. As much as in all riches, I will meditate on your precepts, and I will fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. So today we're going to look at how to live a life pleasing to God. How do we, how do we walk with Jesus? I think... If we were to go on the sidewalk and survey people in our neighborhoods, if we were to go survey people in downtown Huntsville, and you said, how do you live a life that is righteous? How do you live a life that is pure? And I think the common answer that would be would be to just do good things, to not go the evil route, not be the evil wicked witch, you know? Uh, don't be a Karen type thing, you know? Sorry if there's any Karens in here, but uh, do more good than bad. Like this scale is what we present in our own minds so often. Like, well, today I only slipped up with one curse word. I only got frustrated with my kids twice, but I read three verses, so three to three, uh, we ended up even. I'm a successful today, yeah. And then I prayed with my kids tonight, so yep, I'm the one. I'm, I'm getting it. Like, I feel like that's what we do in our own heads so often. We put this scale of, here's my bad, here's my good from the day. How was I? And that's not God's scoreboard. I think our world thinks like that. I often, when I'm thinking wrongly, think like that. And this is the... the kind of problem with the Christian church, I think oftentimes it's not about those things. David says it's by guarding ourselves according to God's Word. How does a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your Word. So the first point today is how do I live a pure and holy life? It's first to pursue the Lord and his word. Well, that sounds like, oh, okay. Uh, you, we hear you talk about that all the time, Joe. Think with me, though. David is not in his response saying, put on or grab your sword and let's go fight. He's not saying, try really hard, buckle up, sin's coming. It's not that. David says, how do I keep my way pure? It's by seeking after God and His Word. Psalm 119.10, just a little bit, you know, the second verse here, it says, with my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Church family, I'm going to blow your minds here. Ready? This is the golden nugget that is going to cover the whole day. Our walk with Jesus is not dependent upon us being good enough. Us not sinning, us living a pure life is not based upon us being good enough, not sinning. 
We're going to fail. We're going to mess up. Our success in living a pure life, and walking with Jesus, being the Christian that He wants us to be, living holy lives, is solely dependent upon Him. And Him working in us. And on us. And His Word shaping us. It's not, I'm going to try real hard today. Because this is what we do. I know you, you might not get in front of the mirror and do like me right now and like pump yourself up. But in your head, you're doing this. Don't lie. You know you are. It's this, I, I'm not going to fail today. I'm not going to do that thing I know I'm not supposed to do. I'm not going to go there on the internet today. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Like we try and we just squeeze real hard and say, I'm not. And the temptation gets us. David's not calling us to stop, to, to, to fight real hard. He's calling us just to pursue after Jesus. It's not with all of my might that I'm going to fight off sin. It's not live like a monk type of lifestyle. You go and seclude yourself from all temptation. It's not avoid the internet completely because you're going to be tempted there. No, it's live in your world, but pursue Jesus and let Him shape you. It's a life spent chasing after God and longing for our Messiah to work on us. See, David knew he couldn't fight sin. You knew, you know, we know David sins. We know Bathsheba. We know him sinning, uh, uh, being a murderer. We know all these different things about David. He was not perfect. Y'all got that? He was not perfect. And he knew he, in his own strength, he was going to fail. He experienced the pull of sin. He knew he would continually fail in his own strength. David knew that he couldn't do it on his own. And we need to get there in our heads first. And reality is, that's the Gospel. Christ defeated sin when we couldn't. And since He did it for us, I want you to think, like, this is really good. Why do we think that if we couldn't defeat sin on our own before we became a believer, why do we think we could do it on our own after we become a believer? I mean, isn't that what we, the game we play? Like, we need you now, Jesus, to save us, but now I'm going to do it all on my own. Like, that's just dumb thinking, guys. And we do it. I'm with you. Like, we need Him. So, for us, the believer, Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the, desire, gratify the desires of the flesh. So how do we know, or how do we not gratify the desires of the flesh? By walking by the Spirit. It's not trying real hard to not be bad. No, it's walk by the Spirit. Seek the Spirit in your life. Walk with Him. Pursue Him. Galatians 5.24, just a little bit further in the passage. And it says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So how do we crucify the flesh with its passions and desires? It's not because you did it. What's it say? Those who belong to Christ Jesus. Think about this. We read this part. 
We crucify the flesh with its passions and desires, and we think, that's me. i got to do that. But that's not what the passage says. Who does it? Jesus. It's Jesus that does the work. If you go back to verse 10, he says that he sought after him with his whole being. We talked about this the other night. With my whole heart, I seek you. The, the idea of our hearts is like the core of who we are, every bit of what we are. So I want you guys to imagine this pie chart with me of life. You don't really have to imagine too hard. There it is. So, well, well played there, Cooper. Thank you, sir. So with it, if you look at it, like we know our lives are not like this perfect pie chart, but we kind of think in our heads, all right, the, uh, they put romance and adventure together in this. It's kind of weird. I didn't make this pie chart. I just got it offline. I, I looked up the pie chart of life, and you see, it came. All right, so exercise, play, work, spirituality, friends. But then reality is, give me the next one. Our, our lives look kind of like this. We, we give more time to certain things, different areas of our lives, children, business, Family time, household and money, personal, social, leisure. This is where a lot of our time goes. Okay? In none of those do we see religion. There's a reason why, though. Not because there are geniuses on the internet or something and did this. I just pulled it. My point is, we shouldn't end this pie chart go, let me get my segment of Jesus here. See, the reality of this pie chart is that Jesus should be the overarching every bit of it. He's over our business life. He's over our lives with our children. He's over our money. He's over our social interactions. What would Jesus have in all of these areas of my life is what it should look like. And so when he says, I seek him with my whole heart, that's what we're talking about. In all segments of my life, it's all of Jesus. In every one of my areas, everything that I do, am I seeking the Lord's way in this? What we need is to have a heart that's inclined like David's in Psalm 27, 4. It says, The one thing I have, the one thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Shane and Shane has a really good song, uh, Psalm 27, that I just want to sing with that when I'm reading it. And it, it's good to memorize this. But, like, to gaze upon His beauty. Like, the one thing I ask, the one thing I want in life is to be close to Jesus. Think about that. Is that my answer? Reality is, is we probably fell into sin this week because we weren't pursuing after the Lord like we need to. It's not because you weren't strong enough, because you aren't strong enough no matter what. It's, did you pursue after the Lord? Were your eyes on Him or were your eyes on everything else? We will pursue the Lord when we find Him as valuable though. Psalm 119.14 says, in the, way of his, in the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. And then in verse 16, I will delight in your statutes and I will not forget your word. Do we delight in our Lord? Do we want Him as much as all riches? Is that how we pursue after Him? 
Like if you had a million dollars or time with Jesus, do you choose time with Jesus? That's a real question. Like think, of all the riches in the world, if I could be the owner of Tesla, would I take that over Jesus? Like ask yourself these questions and see where your heart lies. And we spend time doing things in our lives that we feel like bring value to us. And so if you haven't sought after Jesus this week, it's probably because you don't see that He brings value to your life. We don't go to school because we all love school. I went to school because I was kind of told to, but also because it brought value to my life. I'm smarter now. I can read. Sometimes. We don't cut our grass in the hot sun because we love to. If you're one of those people, you're kind of weird. I cut my grass because I find value in not having weeds and snakes in my yard, and I still get them sometimes anyways. We don't love working out in the moment. If you do, you're lying to yourself. We do it because we find value that it brings to our bodies. Am I right? I mean, y'all might enjoy man time, you know, uh, what was uh, international bitch uh, chest day is Monday guys get ready they're gonna hear about it in a minute if you <laughs> the ongoing joke uh, I best with David and Ethan they always say international chest day is every Monday so uh. <laughs> but we don't do it because it's like oh I love the pain of trying to lift weight no it's I like the value that it brings to my life and I'll say this, this is very true of me, we eat vegetables rather than sweets because we know that the value that they bring. I would much rather like to eat sweets all day long. And I choose vegetables every once in a while because the value that they bring. And some of you may be saying right now, but I love some Brussels sprouts. You're lying, Joe. No, you're lying. No one loves Brussels sprouts. You've only trained your brain to think that you like them because everybody really hates those things. You're lying to yourself, Sadie. <laughs> I'm kidding. But really, though, we eat those things and we, we spend time and do those types of things because we find value in them. We think that they're going to bring value to our lives. So now compare that to our time spent with Jesus this week. Can we really claim that he's more valuable than any treasure on this earth by the way that we treated our time with him this week? Can we really say that, man, I love Jesus more than food? Because we spend a lot of time with food. And food that we enjoy. And we seek it and we spend time looking up ways to cook it better. Like, think about how much time you just waste on food in one week. And you, you have to eat. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, now, okay, don't eat. Just spend time with Jesus. I'm, that's called fasting. Every once in a while, it's good. But I'm not saying just spend your life doing that. What I'm saying is, think about how much time we put into things. What do we find valuable? So church family, this is kind of the main point of the day, and it will further on, just we'll add to it here. But we have got to be a people that seek and listen to Him. The voice that we should value more than any other voice is our King's. And the reality is, is we don't have to seek 
God like a hide-and-seek game. He's given us Himself in His Spirit and He's given us His Word. Like what He would want to tell you and I, He's given it to us. So we don't, when we say seek, we'll pursue after God, go, oh, he, she's, it's like a, a girl running from the guy who never wants to really be sought and caught or whatever. It's not like that. It's, it's God's there. He's there waiting for you. He's there. Just go. Go to it. He's not like hiding in the side room and you got to go find where's God. No, he's, He wants you to walk with Him. But the issue is that we turn our backs and we look at all these other distractions. We find other things that will bring us value or we think bring us value. And we get caught chasing after that. To be pure, we must seek Him and His Word and let Him guard us, is what the passage tells us. We just don't seek Him though. But secondly, we need to hide what He has said, hide His Word in our hearts, like David talks about here. In Psalm 119.11, I have stored up Your Word in my heart that I might not sin against You. It's kind of like the idea of the... A kid knowing what their dad would say to them in the back of their head before they do something really dumb. Like, oh, I know my dad right now would not be very pleased with this moment. I know what he's probably thinking even though he doesn't even know this is happening. It's because we know our dad's voice. And he stored it in us. May we be like that, that we store our father's voice. We store his word in our hearts. Like David, we should seek and to hide and store His Word to our core. We don't just say, oh, that's nice, and do nothing with it. Like today, we shouldn't just hear this preaching and spend time in God's Word and say, oh, great, Joe made me laugh once, and that was a good morning. Like, that's not it. Imagine that first time that Megan and I or on the train bridge in Florence, and I say, Megan, I love you. And she said, oh, that's nice. <laughs> like, Meg, come on. I need a lot of love you back, please, or I'm jumping off this bridge here. <laughs> no, she didn't say, oh, that's nice. She said, I love you too. We should cherish the Word as, a, as important, as invaluable. Like, I remember that moment on the train bridge with Megan. I will never forget that moment because it was valuable. The first moment we told each other we loved each other. Same way, we should not forget His Word because it is valuable. And it's more valuable than that moment I had with Megan. And Megan, I'm sorry. Don't be mad at me. But He is. He's more valuable than our moments when our first child is born. I remember the first time I held Piper. And I have a picture of when I kissed her, right? It was the, that was Piper, right? The very first time I picked her up and I kissed her on her cheek. And I remember that. And I remember the first moment I changed her diaper. I remember it so well. But she's not more important than God's Word. And it should not take a higher place in my thoughts and in my care and my value than His Word. 
We store up random things in our lives because we find them to be important. Do we do that with God's Word because we find it to be so important for us? And the reality is that the important things from the Lord are going to come under attack in our lives. We have to store it up or it's going to be manipulated and taken away. And we'll give you an example. Genesis 3.1 The serpent says to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Did God actually say? See, this is the attack constantly. Here's what God's Word said. The serpent says, Did He really Does He really know what's best for you? So if we're not storing it up in our hearts, if we're not holding on to it tightly, when the serpent, when Satan speaks and tempts, naturally, he's going to say to us, did God really say you couldn't do that thing? He's going to draw our attention to it, draw us, draw us, draw us, and to the point where we're like, "Uh, it doesn't really matter. Like... Does God really care that much? Does... And then we step into sin. Church family, the world is pulling at His Word. Trying to rip it from us. Trying to get our attention off of it. Trying to pull us from Him. And I had an image when I was thinking about what this looks like, just this attacking. It's kind of like when kids... Or at a birthday party and the pinata's broken. You guys ever seen that? And like the candy goes flying on the ground and it's just a storm, you know, it's flying everywhere. That's the image of our world ripping out the good from our Lord. His word and his truth. It's trying to pull, it's trying to pull, trying to pull us away. We need to think of it that way, not think, oh, this world loves us. This world wants us to have joy. No! Satan's here to devour us. He wants to devour our souls to our core. And if we don't have His Word in our heart, if we don't seek after Him, we will become a part of the number. If you think about it, why is divorce so high in the church? Why is why do we see and hear and know so many stories of people around us that have experienced this divorce, experienced like problems within the the relationship between husband and wife, cheating around, all of these types of things. Why does these things happen? It's because we let things come in and tell us they bring value, but in reality is God's Word is what we need to have the value. We need to pull it close and hold on tight and not let the world tell us this is good, this is good, this is good. We need to be a people who seek after our Lord. We, as the church, should not look like the world around us. We should be a people who love the Lord and His Word. Psalm 119.12 When we store the Word, it should be coming off of our lips. Blessed are You, O Lord. Teach Me Your statutes. 
Psalm 6.45 says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what are we declaring with our lips shows really what we bring value to. Psalm 119.13, With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. So I want us to think, church family, how much do we just naturally speak of the wonder and pleasure of our Lord? Like just off of our lips we say, Man, isn't our God majestic? When I'm having a lunch with someone, just talk about what our God is doing, how it comes off of our lips easily. Because most of the time, I think, it's actually we, we have to fight to get it out of our lips, right? Like, it's, ooh, Joe, you got to talk. you got to talk about how good he is. You gotta, Joe, you gotta, this is the moment. you got to say something, Joe. Like, that's how we are oftentimes. But it should be, we are so infatuated with our Lord that we can't help but speak about Him. I talk about my wife because I love her. I talk about my kids because I love them. I talk about the things that I love because that's what we do. We were made to be like that. We are a people who are going to express what is in our hearts. So what are you expressing? Is it a love for Jesus? Is it a desire to know His Word? Is it His words coming off of our lips like David talked about? How much do we naturally speak about it? And then, I want to ask... I think, obviously, from this, he's telling us to hide the word. So how do we do that? Guys, this is kind of easy. I'm going to go down the route. You've probably heard it a million times, but I want to talk about it because we need to. We memorize it. And this is not really an option, church family. If we want to live a holy life, if you want to live a life that is pure, walking with the Lord... Let's look at what David said. How does a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Like, <laughs> we have to have the word, and so we have to store it up like he talked about in verse 10. So church family, I, I need to say this. If we want to live a life following Jesus, we have to store up His word. If we want to be the church that Jesus talks about and that we see in the New Testament, we have to memorize His Word. It has to be a part of our lives. And let me say, you can't say, I can't memorize it. It's hard. Yes, it just takes effort, guys. It just takes time. It takes trying. And I promise you, there's more than one person in this room that can wrap Ice Ice Baby right now. And it's probably Seth and someone else. <laughs> Seth, am I wrong? <laughs> yes, I do it. <laughs> but really, we store up dumb songs like Ice Ice Baby. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we have that in our brains. Or like umbop. We were listening to that the other day. How many of you guys, me saying umbop, you just start, oh yeah. Hanson, the, the women voices coming out of these young kids, young guys that, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. It's in your head, right? Or I bet most of you, I, pro I bet at least half of us could probably wrap the intro to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, it, it, these things we memorize. 
And I don't know if it's like, I mean, there's, for some reason, and I promise you Seth probably has this, there's some, for some reason, people have great value in saying, I've memorized Ice Ice Baby. Like, I could break it out at a party and just go. Seth's that dude. I love it, dude. That's all I love about Seth. He will just bust it out and just go. Like, there's, we find value in that. A, a song like Ice Ice Baby, and I'm not like coming at Seth. Don't hear that, Seth, please. Uh, I'm not coming at Seth. I'm saying we value things and we will store it in our hearts. That's, that, hear me, like, really, how much more do we, do we value Ice Ice Baby than we do God's Word? Like, let that sit. Think about all the songs that you have memorized or random movie quotes. Like, I am not a movie person, but I know a lot of people that can like quote movies left and right. But I want you to think, how much more do you value those things than God's Word? Because we have a lot of that junk memorized compared to His Word. Why? Why do we find it more valuable? Why do we spend time in it? It's because the world tells us it's important. So I want to encourage you to an app. We've talked about it some. But the app's called Verses. And the app is, is awesome. Like, Dalton's talked about it a lot. Me and David have talked about it a lot. But like, it's, the app is called Verses. If you want to break out your phone and download it right now, I would encourage you to do so. But what it does is, it breaks down, like you tell it what verses you want to memorize. It's a whole section. It, you put it in there. And it, like gives you kind of like, it's almost like games in a sense. It's like word games, like match, uh, fill in the blank, and it gives you the options. And it like helps you just memorize it. And you just spend time like kind of playing a game, but not it's not really like a game. It's just memory though. And it works so well. And then it gets to the point where you just type in the first letter to each word and it fills in the blank for you. And then you can get to the point where you're saying it. it is, it's great. So if you have a desire to study God's word and memorize it, Download verses. It will help you tremendously. And I pray that that would be true of all of us here. If you have a hard time memorizing God's Word, find tools that will help you do it because it should be a part of our lives. Lastly, we pursue the Lord. We hear from Him in His Word. We then store what we hear from Him to our core. We memorize it. And then, thirdly, we remind ourselves of what God has said. We're almost done. This will be quick. We remind ourselves about what God has said. In Psalm 119, 13 through uh, 16, it says, With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your pre precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. So this understanding of meditating on God's word it's not the weird, mm, mm, top, like, you know, sitting around with your legs crossed type thing. It's not like that. It's, it's this idea of throughout my day, I'm going to dive into an understanding of who God is. I'm going to dive into His Word. I'm going to meditate on it and think about it. Like, think about, like, theological questions and how does this, how does this, uh, verse tie into what I understand about Jesus. What is this saying about Him? Like just thinking about Him. 
Spending time. And so when our eyes are focused on that, we don't need to chase after stuff of this world. Like when we find Him as more valuable, when we're meditating on who our God is, we're finding value in our King, then we don't have like a desire to chase other things. Think about like when you were a kid, you know, like you'd be at a, a swimming pool or like doing something fun. And it's like it happened so fast. The time went by so fast. It's like, where did the time go? Well, reality is, is you were so concentrated on the thing that you were enjoying that everything else didn't matter. And that's what it should look like in a sense. We should focus in on our Lord, spend time with Him so that the other things don't pull us in. So when we meditate, we think on it throughout the day. We bring the things to mind. We put our focus on God's ways. And I want you to think, throughout your day, are you coming back to what you read that morning? Are you coming back to the memory verse throughout the day? I memorized <clears throat> James 1, 2-4 through 4 years ago. and I, It was actually when Meg and I, I think in our first year of marriage, it may have been second year of marriage, but in that, it's counting all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect that you might be made perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So this idea that when trials come up, and I sent this to Kirsten and Blake this week, when trials come up in our lives, God is using those to perfect us in the faith. And you know what happened? Less than a year later, after I had memorized that passage, we went to a doctor's appointment where we heard that Piper had a heart murmur when she was still in Megan. And she was still growing before we had her. And there was this like concern and worry for us. Like, and I'm, God's just taking me to James 1, 2, 3, 4. Like, Joe, Joe just praise me. Count it as joy. Count it as joy. Because I have this plan worked out. I'm using this to perfect you, Joe. I'm going to let this thing happen, Joe, so that you trust me. And man, I have, like, I quote that verse so often. I bring it back so often because it's so important. I get the opportunity to share it with people all the time. God is using the trials of our lives to perfect us into who He wants us to be. So let's trust Him, let's worship Him is what it says. Like, it's so, I get to, I get to share that with people constantly because God knew what He was doing. He had me memorizing it because He knew what we were about to face. I want you to think, does your mind ever wonder the things that are important in your world? I typically, in the middle of the day, when I'm thinking about Megan, I just send her, uh, hey babe, I'm thinking about you, I love you. Uh, just want you to know, that type of thing. And hopefully she responds. But, <laughs> no, what Megan actually does for me, she doesn't send that. When she thinks of me and sees something, it's usually she sends me something from TikTok that she reminds me of, or reminds her of me or something like that, and it made her laugh. And so that is valuable to me that she just is thinking about me during the day. She's like, Joe, I want to share this with you. Because that's what she likes to do. She I like to tell her I love you, babe. And she loves just to share life with me. Um, I want you to think, if your mind doesn't wonder to God like that and His greatness, you might not value Him as much as you think you do. If your mind is not wondering and just all of a sudden going to God every once in a while, and how wonderful He is, He's probably pretty low on the totem pole. 
Church, we need to be reminded of our God. We need to be reminded of His truth. We need to preach the gospel to ourselves every single day. We need need to be reminded that we are sinners in need of grace, in need of salvation from Christ alone. We couldn't do it on our own. We need Him. And we need to put those reminders throughout our days. And so one thing that I've done just recently as I was walking with David and um, uh, through Discipleship Basics, There was a time we had this discussion and we said, hey, on our alarm, let's title our alarm something that matters so that it like, when I wake up, I read this thing and it gets me. And so like mine says, are you going to walk with Jesus today? So the first thing, if my alarm's going off that I see is, are you going to walk with Jesus today? I was like, oh, well, good morning to you too, Joe. Like, uh, like it's like, all right, I got to get serious. And I like that. It's, it's what I need. I want you to think for yourself, what are the reminders that you need? In Colorado, we had this wall, and this is common now, but we had a wall where we had all these verses and stuff written up on it, or little things that were just reminders of our God. And from my commentary, Spurgeon said this, Men do not readily forget that which they have treasured up, that which they have meditated upon, and that which they have often spoken of. Yet since we have treacherous memories, it is, well to bind them, it is well to bind them well with the knotted cord of I will not forget. Like something that is important that we don't need to forget. Like I will not forget this. And so we need to do that for ourselves. We need to be reminded. We need to constantly tell ourselves this. I will not forget who our Lord is. I will not forget and let the world tell me something about Him that is not true. And if you want to live a holy life, if you want to pursue after Him, it's not about not sinning. It's about seeking a Savior. It's about knowing Him, spending time with Him. It's not... Try real hard, church family. Let's be a people. Let's be a church that are on our knees seeking after Him. That are on our faces praying out to Him. Lord, may You work in me this week. God, I ask that You do a mighty thing. Like, like be a prayerful person saying, God, I need You. I need Your Spirit walking with me. Church family, I want us to be a people that are not goody-two-shoe Christians. Like, Here's the things I don't do because I'm really good at not sinning. I want us to be a people that are just pursuing after Jesus. Who love Him and want Him. And we store up and we treasure Him. So how can a person keep their way pure? How can a person live a holy life? By seeking after our Lord and guarding Him, guarding our lives according to His Word. Let's seek Him this week. Let's seek His Word. Let's store it up so that we might proclaim Him and His goodness to the world around us. Let's pray. God, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for the privilege it is just to present it, just just to know You, And then to have the opportunity to share it. God, I thank You that that it's not based upon my ability to not sin. 
because I'm going to fail. And it's not based upon anyone's ability to not sin because we are all going to fail. But Lord, we thank You that it's based upon Christ and what He's done and that He would stand before us and we would stand behind Him and He would do all the work. Lord, may our eyes be focused solely on Him so that we're not attracted to the things of this world. God, if there's someone in here who has not trusted You as their Savior, Lord, may they see the beauty of Christ and the value that You bring. And Lord, may they, their hearts be turned from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And Lord, may they believe in You. Lord, I ask that You do a mighty work in us this week. It's in Christ's name we pray.